Welcome to Zichim Daf Siman, remembered by Avram Goldhar, and today Mazechus Nazar Daf Nun Dal, the seventh parak Kohen Gadol. So the three topics we're going to focus on: number one, the next mission is sources of tumah that a Nazar would not shave for contracting from them, either because their tumah is the rabbanon or because they are excluded of a sechachus ba'paros, but tumah transmitted from canopies or protrusions, which the Gemara will define ubeis pras and a field in which a grave was plowed over and is the rabbanon tamei be'erza amim and the land and the nations which is matamei b'hagolav adofek and the cover or walls of a coffin revis dam and revis of blood b'oil v'roba atzamos and an oil of a quarter cup of blood v'kelim and nogim b'meis and kelim which touch a corpse even those which are matamei like a corpse u'meisifu migmaro and during Mitzvah's days of counting between the first and second shaving or days of confirmed sras before his first shaving. For these, Anazar does not shave. But he is sprinkled with Mechatas on the third and seventh days. And he does not forfeit the preceding days observed. And he begins to count immediately upon becoming Tahor. And he has no carbon obligation. Point number two, the Mishnah taught that the Tuma contracted from canopies and protrusions do not require Nazar to shave. Here, a Mishnah is quoted which defines these terms. These are the canopies, a tree which hangs over the ground. The tumah is under one of the branches, which is a tefach in width, creating an oil, but it is unknown which branch, because there are gaps between the various branches, so they do not form one contiguous oil. The Rosh adds that the tree is in Rishus of Rabim, so the doubtful tumah would biblically be ruled leniently, and is only the Rabban Tami. Pros, Yotzim protrusions are those extending out of a wall. Segments of stone extend out from a wall, a tefach in width and length, and the tumah is under one unidentified protrusion. One who passes under one of these branches or stone protrusions is Tami Midraban, which does not require another to shave. And point with you, the Gemara asks about the nature of the Tumah of land outside of Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Ami Mushim Avir Gazu did they decree Tumah on the land of the nations because of its airspace to discourage people from leaving Eretz Yisrael, or Dil Mushim Gushu Gazu or perhaps they decreed it because of its soil out of concern for unknown graves. A nafkamina would be where one entered the airspace while protected from the tuma of the soil, such as in a large container, which does not contract tuma. The Gemara presents a proof from our mission which teaches that a Nazu became Tame from one of the listed cases requires sprinkling on the third and seventh days, which should not be required if the tuma was enacted regarding its airspace, an unrelated to corpse tuma. The Gemara presents a proof from our mission which teaches that a Nazu became Tame from one of the listed cases requires sprinkling on the third and seventh days, which should not be required if the tuma was enacted regarding its airspace, and unrelated to corpse tuma. The Gemara answers that this law applies only to the other cases of the Mishnah, but not for the Tumah of Eretz Amin. The Gemara supports this reading from the cases of Kalim, which touched a corpse, which include non-metal utensils, which would render a Nazu touches them a mere Rishon, and he would not require sprinkling. So once again, the three points are number one. The next Mishnah lists sources of Tumah that a Nazu would not shave for contracting from them, either because their Tumah is a Durabun, or because they are excluded. Of a Sechachus Vaparos, but Tumah transmitted from canopies or protrusions, which the Gemara will define, Ubeis Pras, and a field in which a grave was plowed over, and is the Rabban Tamei, Be'erza Amim, and the land and the nations, which is Matamei, Bahagola Vadofek, and the cover or walls of a coffin, Raviz Dam, and Raviz of blood, Ba'oil Varoba Atzamos, and an oil of a quarter cup of blood, Vekelim and Nogim Bemeis, and Kelim which touch a corpse, even those which are Matamei like a corpse, Umeisifu Migmaro, and during Matzor's days of counting, between the first and second shaving, or days of confirmed sras, before his first shaving, for these, Anazu does not shave. But he is sprinkled with Mechatas on the third and seventh days. And he does not forfeit the preceding days observed. And he begins to count immediately upon becoming Tahor. And he has no carbon obligation.
Point number two, the Mishnah taught that the Tuma contracted from canopies and protrusions do not require a Nazar to shave. Here, a Mishnah is quoted which defines these terms. These are the canopies, a tree which hangs over the ground. The Tuma is under one of the branches, which is a tefach in width, creating an oil, but it is unknown which branch, because there are gaps between the various branches, so they do not form one contiguous oil. The Rosh adds that the tree is in Rishus Rabim, so the doubtful tumor would biblically be ruled leniently, and is only the Rabban Tami. Pros, protrusions are those extending out of a wall. Segments of stone extend out from a wall, a tefach in width and length, and the tumor is under one unidentified protrusion. One who passes under one of these branches or stone protrusions is Tami with the Rabban, which does not require another to shave. And point with you, the Gemara asks about the nature of the tumor of land outside of Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Ami Mushim Avir Gazru did they decree Tuma on the land of the nations because of its airspace to discourage people from leaving Eretz Israel, or Dil Mushim Gushu Gazru or perhaps they decreed it because of its soil out of concern for unknown graves. A nafkamina would be where one entered the airspace while protected from the Tuma of the soil, such as in a large container, which does not contract Tuma. The Gemara presents a proof from our mission which teaches that a Nazir became Tame from one of the listed cases requires sprinkling on the third and seventh days, which should not be required if the Tuma was enacted regarding its airspace and unrelated to corpse Tuma. The Gemara presents a proof from our mission which teaches that a Nazir who became Tame from one of the listed cases requires sprinkling on the third and seventh days, which should not be required if the Tuma was enacted regarding its airspace and unrelated to corpse Tuma. The Gemara answers that this law applies only to the other cases of the Mishnah, but not for the Tumah of Eretz Amin. The Gemara supports this reading from the cases of Kalim, which touched a corpse, which include non-metal utensils, which would render a Nazu touches up a mere Rishon, and he would not require sprinkling. All right, so now we go to our Simon Duff Nundalad, and our standard Simon is noodles, and we often use a pasta chef in the simon. So here goes. The hairy pasta chef Nazir, who was thrilled he didn't have to shave for passing through a base of pras, where he touched a kli that touched a mace, sat down to eat a bowl of noodles under a canopy formed by a tree branch and a stone protrusion from a wall. During his trip to Chutzarts, where Tumu was decreed because of its airspace. Once again, slow motion. The hairy pasta chef Nazir, pasta chef, that must be on duff, nundalad, noodles. The hairy pasta chef Nazir was thrilled he didn't have to shave for passing through a base of pras where he touched a cleat that touched a maze. Which reminds us, the next mission list sources of tumah that a Nazir would not shave for contracting from them, either because their tumah is the rabban or because they're excluded. Including the list are schachus and pros, tumah transmitted from canopies or protrusions, a base of pras, a field in which a grave was plowed over and is rabbinically tame, Eretz Amin, the land of the nations, which is metame, a goal of a dofik, the cover of walls of a coffin, the kalim and ogim a mace, and kalim that touched a corpse. So, the hairy pasta chef Nazir, who was thrilled he didn't have to shave for passing through a base of pras, where he touched a cleat that touched a maze, sat down to eat a bowl of noodles under a canopy formed by a tree branch and a stone protrusion from a wall, which reminds us the Gemara defines schachos and pros. Schachos, even a mesalcha arts, it's when a tree hangs over the ground, the tomb is under one of the branches, which is a tefach in width, creating an oil, but it's unknown which branch. Pros are protrusions extending out of a wall. Segments of stone extend out from a wall at a tefach in width and length, and the tomb is under one identified protrusion. One who passes under one of these branches or stone protrusions is rabbinically tummy, which does not require Nazar to shave. So the hairy pasta chef Nazar was thrilled he didn't have to shave for passing through a base of pras, where he touched a cleat that touched a maze, sat down to eat a bowl of noodles under a canopy formed by a tree branch and a stone protrusion from a wall. During his trip to Chutzlars, where tomb was decreed 
because of its airspace, which reminds us, the Gemara asks about the nature of the Tumah of land outside of Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Ami Mishma Avir did they decree Tumah on the land of the nations because of its airspace to discourage people from leaving Eretz Yisrael? Or perhaps they decreed it because of its soil out of concern for unknown graves. A nafkamina would be where one entered the airspace while protected from the Tumah of the soil, such as in a large container, which does not contract Tumah. So once again, the Harry passed to Chef Nazir, who was thrilled he didn't have to shave, for passing through a base of pras, where he touched a cleat that touched a maze, sat down to eat a bowl of noodles under a canopy formed by a tree branch and a stone protrusion from a wall, during his trip to Chutzwarz, where Tumor was decreed because of its airspace. Alright, so now we go to our four block back Chazar. Daf Nun, so the Simmer Daf Nun is a non-stop flight. So here goes. The Nazar on the Harry non-stop flight, non-stop flight, that must be on Daf Nun. The Nazar on the hairy non-stop flight getting queasy from the netzel box of smelly decomposed animal flesh placed on the seat in front of him, which reminds us the Mishan Daf Memtes Amabes had taught that a kazais of netzel, a substance made of decomposed flesh from a corpse, is Matami and Nazar. Here Abai asked Rava, Yesh Netzel Behema or Ain Netzel Behema? Is there a rule of netzel for animals or not? Meaning, would decomposed flesh from a novella continue to convey Tuma? So the Nazar on the hairy non-stop flight getting queasy from the netzel box of smelly decomposed animal flesh placed on the seat in front of him got a fright when he noticed that the steward pouring slow-moving zivite honey into a tummy teacup, which reminds us, the Gemara quotes of Mishnah, Koa Nitzok Tahor, any liquid poured into a container of tummy liquid is Tahor, meaning the upper part of the stream and what remains in the upper container is not connected to the tummy liquid below, chutz medvash hazifim batzapichis, except for zivite honey and sapichis, a thick batter. Beishamai add a type of porridge to this list. Rami Barchama asked, according to the Tanakama, yesh nitzokol ochin or ain nitzokol ochin, is there a connection regarding a stream of melted foods or not? So the Nazar on the hairy non-stop flight getting queasy from the netzel box of smelly decomposed animal flesh placed on the seat in front of him got a fright when he noticed the steward pouring slow-moving zephite honey into a tummy teacup had a ladleful of corpse dust in the palm of his other hand, which reminds us the Mishnah taught that another must shave after contracting Tuma from a Mali Tarvad Rekab, a ladleful of corpse dust. The Gemara seeks to define the shear since the size of the ladle is not given. Chizkiah says, Mali Pisa Sayat, it's a palmful, excluding the fingers. Rabbi Yochanan says, Mali Chafnav, a handful. Dafnun Alf, so the similar Dafnun Alf is a gnawing beaver. So here goes. The gnawing beaver, gnawing beaver, that must be more on Dafnun Alf, gnawing beaver. The gnawing beaver got so frustrated that he couldn't gnaw his way into a marble casket that contained two decaying corpses, which reminds us a bright that teaches of which corpse has the law of corpse dust that a later falls matame, a corpse which was buried unclothed in a marble coffin or on a stone floor, its of is matame because there are no other decaying elements mixed in. Rabbi Yochanan said, two corpses which were buried together become an admixture for each other because each is a foreign substance to the other and their combined rekev is not matame. So the gnawing beaver got so frustrated that he couldn't gnaw his way into a marble casket that contained two decaying corpses that he tripped on hair that was connected to a corpse, which reminds us, Rabbi Barachama quoted Rabbi Yochanan, if someone cut a corpse's hair and buried it with the corpse, it becomes an admixture with it and the ensuing rekev is not matame. The Gemara quotes of Mishnah, all parts of a corpse are tame, except for the teeth, hair, and nails, but while they are attached, they are all tame. So the gnawing beaver got so frustrated that he couldn't gnaw his way into a marble casket that contained two decaying corpses that he tripped on hair that was connected to a corpse and landed on a pregnant woman's stomach as she started yelling that her uber 
is like her thigh. Which reminds us, Rav Yirmiya asked, is a fetus in a woman's womb an admixture or not? Do we say that since uber yerech imo, a fetus is like the mother's thigh for various halachas, it's considered part of her body? Or since it was destined to leave her body, it's considered separate? Dafnun base. So the similar Dafnun base is a newbie to Yiddishkeit. So here goes. The hairy newbie to Yiddishkeit. Newbie to Yiddishkeit. That must be more than Dafnun base. The hairy newbie to Yiddishkeit, who was a curator at the anatomical Tuma Museum, was shocked when his pet helmet that was missing a leg, which reminds the Gemara brings a Bryce which derives that the shear for a shared simimitame requires until he touches a part of them that is tantamount to its entirety in significance, and the chumim assess it to be the size of a lentil, because a chomet, the small sheretz, is the size of a lentil at its creation. So any part of a sheretz, this size is significant. The Gemara argues that if a creature missing a limb could still be matame, then a chomet even smaller than a lentil at its creation would be matame. The Gemara answers that a chomet cannot acquire a life force if it was missing any limbs. Only once alive could it continue living without a limb. So the hairy newbie to Yiddishkeit, who was a curator at the anatomical Tuma Museum, was shot when his pet chomet that was missing a leg knocked over an old spinal column on display, severing it from the skull, which reminds us the Gemara poses a question. Does the mission mean a spinal column and a skull together are matame? Or perhaps it means either a spinal column or a skull is matame. The Gemara's first proof is rejected. So the hairy newbie to Yiddishkeit, who was a curator at the anatomical Tuma Museum, was shocked when his pet helmet that was missing a leg knocked over an old spinal column on display, severing it from the skull, and then quickly ran to hide at the visiting display of six cases where one rabbi ruled Tameh and the majority ruled Tahor. Which reminds us, Gemara attempts another proof from a list of six cases which Rabbi Kiva ruled Tameh and the Rabban ruled Tahor, and Rabbi Kiva later retracted. The sixth case mentioned was a spinal column and skull combined from two corpses. Now, if a spinal column and skull would each be matame independently, then the list totals seven cases, not six. The Gemara offers four answers. Dafnun Gimel, so the simmer Dafnun Gimel is a Nigerian prince. So here goes. The Nazu who didn't become Tame by being in the same room with the scary, hairy Nigerian prince, Nigerian prince, that must more on Dafnun Gimel. The Nazu who didn't become Tame by being in the same room with a scary, hairy Nigerian prince holding a quarter cup of bones and a ravius of blood, which reminds us that Gmore brings an early Malchus about the volume of bones and blood for Tuma through an Owel, and our Mishnah and the Mishnah Owels reflect the later compromise. The basin after them said, a chetzi cup of bones and a chetzi log of blood are sufficient for all Tuma, but a quarter cup of bones and a ravius blood are sufficient only to be Matame, Truma, and Kachim. Avalola Nazva was a Pesach, but not for a Nazar to require shaving, although he's Tommy, or one performing a carbon Pesach. The Mishnah follows this position because it's a tradition received from Chagai Zechariah and Malachi. So the Nazar who didn't become Tommy by being in the same room with a scary, hairy Nigerian prince holding a quarter cup of bones and a ravis of blood as a limb with insufficient flesh to regenerate was lying on the floor, which reminds us the Mishnah Duff Memtes on the base taught that only a limb with sufficient flesh to regenerate is Matame through Ohel. About limbs with insufficient flesh, Rabbi Yochanan says, Ain't a Nazar Megalechalen, a Nazar would not shave because of them, even through touching or caring, and they do not commit to him at all. Rishwakish says, Hanazim Megaleachalan, Hanazim Mashe because of them, meaning they do transmit Tuma through touching or caring, which is derived on the next off. So, the Nazar who didn't become Tami by being in the same room, with a scary, hairy Nigerian prince holding a quarter cup of bones and a ravis of blood, as a limb with insufficient flesh to regenerate, was lying on the floor, accidentally formed an ohel over a corpse holding a sword, as he ran out and stepped out. 
onto a field, which reminds us, our Bryson teaches about the Pusik which states, and whoever touches on the open field the body of one killed by a sword or any corpse, it darshans each phrase to teach what is metame through oel. On the open field, this refers to one who forms an oel over a corpse. Sword teaches that the sword is metame like the body, meaning it can be metame with oel and impart the same degree of tuma as a corpse. Alright, so now it's time to conclude our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which stuff do you learn that the hair of a corpse is not tame unless it's still attached? That's on Dov? Nanov. Good. Number two, which stuff do you learn a quarter cup of bones and a revius of blood are sufficient only to be tame truma and kajim, but not for a nazo or one performing a carbon pesach? That's on Dov? Non gimel. Good. Number three, which stuff does the Mishnah list sources of Tuma that Anazi would not shave for, such as going through a base of pras? That's on Dav. Good. Number four. Which of the one that any liquid poured into a container of tummy liquid is tolerant and is not connected to the tummy liquid below, except for zephite honey and sapichus? That's on Dav. None. Good. Number five. Which stuff you have the question of the Tuma of Erza Amim is because of airspace or land? That's on Dav. None dollar. Good number six. Which stuff you learn that Homa cannot acquire a life force if it was missing any limbs? Only once alive could it continue living without a limb. That's on Dove. None base. Good number seven. Which stuff does Gamor discuss if there is netzel for animals? That's on Dove. None. Good number eight. Which stuff do you have whether a Naz would have to shave for touching or carrying limbs with insufficient flesh to regenerate? That's on Dove. None gimel. Good number nine. Which stuff does Gamor define schachos and pros, canopies and protrusions? That's on Dov. None dal. Good at number ten. Which stuff do you learn that when a corpse is buried unclothed in a marble coffin, its rekev is matame, since there are no other elements mixed in? That's on Dov. None of. Excellent. That concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Abraham Goldham Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.